Hello, I'm not actually Toby Haydock. I'm a f- an officially sanctioned spin-off, so please start arguing now as to whether I count or not. Who are you? Why am I talking to you about Doctor Who? Yeah. But I might have to vary that for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not Doctor Who. Well, it's a sunny day in Bedford, a beautiful day, and I've been made to feel very welcome. Uh, the son of my next victim is one of us, dear listeners. He's <laughs> one of the afflicted, and uh, got in touch and very kindly facilitated this interview. So I'm going to ask uh, this lady who she is and why I'm talking to her sort of about Doctor Who-ish, but not really. Well, I'm Gillian Martell, and uh, you're talking to me about, unfortunately, canine and company. (laughs) And why do we say unfortunately? Well, uh, it didn't really take off, as they say. Not that it would have made any difference to me, because I was playing the villain, and therefore would not have appeared in any others afterwards. But uh, well, you never know. The first villain sometimes turns up again in the Christmas special. That's you know, true. you could have escaped from prison yes. and started witchcraft again. Yes, yes, yes. And a lot, there's a lot of uh, resurrection goes on. I know <laughs> in the whole thing. And well, you've just been watching it. Um, how, how how was it? Uh, well, well, I, I wasn't really watching the thing. I was watching the commentary, and I'm afraid, you know, it was the commentary that was rather putting me off because uh, they obviously, Elizabeth Sledden didn't really enjoy doing it, I think, in the end, and didn't think it was very good. And so I, um, <laughs> I began to feel a bit... And uh, also they were sort of talking... It was a uh, Linda Poland who was also doing the commentary. Very lovely lady, was being a red herring all through it, and she says she even gets uh, mail now saying, "I wasn't quite sure, but you, did you really actually do it? Were you actually the villain?" And uh, so I, I was kind of sidelined in this commentary because there was a lovely, beautiful picture of me in my wonderful goat's head mask. <laughs> And uh, with my arms outstretched, being lovely, and all the commentary was... And, of course, everybody thinks it's Linda in there. How clever of you, Linda, that they say. <laughs> So I, I thought, well, I might as well go home. So then. Linda was getting the credit for your acting? It's sort of, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very happy for her. <laughs> I think it sounded as though Elizabeth would have been happy for anybody else to have had the credit for her. But, but, but at the time, because <laughs> um, they were talking with the benefit of hindsight, but at the time, was, was it exciting and was it a fun job? It was a fun job, because... It, I always enjoyed working at Pebble Mill, actually, and I liked the people. My favourite makeup girl was always there, and there was the little there was a little hotel just near Pebble Mill where everybody stayed. And my chief memory is the fact that Barry Letts and um, what's his name, Terence uh, Terence Dicks, they they came down. They were there. They were staying at the hotel a lot of the time. They obviously wanted to oversee the whole thing. It's it's memories of them that I have. Almost more than of the director. Well, it was John Black, so yes. you don't remember who it was. Not John very Sickle. well. I remember John Nathan Turner being, but I don't remember John Black, which is awful. I mean, I'm sure I would if I if I saw him. It's a long time ago. Yes, yes. And uh, yes, it's it, it's those two that I had the memory of. They were very. Um, they, they sort of behave a little bit as though they're on holiday when they're at Pebble Mill. 
and nobody can see you. And we all were in the bar all the time, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, John Leeson, I loved. I mean, he was such a lovely person. And so, so enthusiastic. And that's what, I love people like that who really care. I mean, I think he really believed he was canine, <laughs> actually. He's, he certainly took any, you know, like he said in this thing, in this commentary, when they first revealed canine, he said, oh, no, that's not my best side. <laughs> <laughs> he's a terrific fellow. He's a very learned man, actually. He's yeah. a magistrate and a vintner and he's crossword setter. And I know that. he's a lot of things like yeah. that, yes. Yeah. He's very entertaining and extremely friendly. And so those are my happiest memories of him. I knew I knew Bill, Bill Fraser because he's he was with my agent. In fact, I think he was the chief. Um, well, my agent went off on his own. Peter Crouch, as well. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Bill and he look very alike, and I think Bill was the finance behind Peter Crouch. Anyway, he was all sorts of people like uh, Wilfred Bramble, all those lots of people. Um, uh, his 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 main mates were um, people like Jimmy Villiers and Paddy Newell and Ronnie Fraser. You mean the ones that drank a lot? <laughs> them, <laughs> them exactly. Those were his mates. Well, I was wondering if you were going to get to some sobriety in that list, but no. <laughs> no, no, no. They were his uh, drink. But, but Peter also was the kind of person I admire because there wasn't anything you wouldn't go and see. Any so he loved uh, theatre. He'd, he'd go and watch anything that you were doing obscurely. He's not like a lot of agents. No. Who, um, he, he, re I mean, he loved. He loved the work. He loved the, the acting aspect. He'd have loved to do it, really. And uh, the other, some of the other actors, I mean, Colin Jevons is a, a favourite of everybody's. Everybody. A uh, great actor. Yes. What's, what's he like to work with? Is he, is he fun? Because he always plays yes. very dodgy characters. I know, I know. No, yes, he's lovely. Absolutely lovely, yes. And, um, well, let's go right back, yeah. because it was one, of, one of many, many credits. <laughs> uh, uh, so what made you d decide to act? Was it always going to happen? Always, yes, I think. Yeah. Was it in your background at all? <laughs> no, not entirely, no. No, I, um, well, I've written all about it. I've, wrote, I've, wrote a, I've written a sort of book, you know. That, <laughs> and uh, it's... What? Plug it. <laughs> plug it, yes, plug it. <laughs> it's called Jumpin' Jill. And uh, it, uh, the, the thing was that I, um, I explained in one of it that I, uh, I used to write things. I mean, I wrote poems. I, I wrote my first novel when I was six. Lovely little, <laughs> lovely little novel about <laughs> a little girl who was me, um, whose daddy was away at the war, because uh, that was what my childhood was, the war. And... Um, uh, the, the end really was that he came back home and they all had tea and crumpets by the fire. So that was my lovely novel. <laughs> and then when I was nine, I wrote a play, principally for my cousin, who I'm very fond of my cousin, we were, we were the same age and we did everything together. I, I, she loved horses, so I wrote this, uh, the main part for her and there was a three-heat horse race on stage. So, my, my family being my family, as they all did it, they, they, there's no professional acting in my family, but talk about how much <laughs> they all did it. There was a play, so they did it. They all performed it. A lot of the men were away at the war, so my 
my one of my aunts had, had the full top hat and moustache and villain makeup, and another aunt, you know, had got herself into jumpers and and a bowler hat, and was it took another male part, and uh, and we <laughs> we performed the play, and that was I wrote for myself just the heroine's sister, very modest, but um. I wrote an epilogue for me to speak, <laughs> uh, with arms full of flowers, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, I was always going to, I, I just... Uh, and so when did you turn that, in, that love into a, into a profession? And I went to RADA, and uh, then I went into rep for years. I mean, it, I've always been more of a stage act. I mean, theatre was, was always my greatest love. Yeah. So I went to RADA, and uh, then I went to... Just rep, first of all, but um, lots of reps, but a great deal at Nottingham. Nottingham was uh, one of the. And contemporaries at Rada, was it? I mean, it's, it was um, the place to go. Dickie Briars. Oh, yes, he did okay. <laughs> <laughs> Albie Finney. <laughs> O'Toole was just leaving. He was sort of, um, you know, he was there when I arrived, but sort of was ready to go. I interviewed Robert Aldous the other day. He was Bob, here there at that Bob time. Aldous, yes. Yeah. yeah, I interviewed him on Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. And he was, I asked him the same question, and he said, the, so there we Glenda, go. Glenda, of course. Yeah. Glenda. Um, who else? I don't know. Um, uh, i to think. Uh, Peter Bowles. Um, lots of people. Yeah, well, a good, good start then, yeah, to yeah, go to Rada. Yeah. And you, you went to, to Canada, to, 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 to the Stratford Festival. Uh, yes, yes, I did. So you've seen a lot of worlds through acting. Um, not a great deal. I've uh, I have dedicated a chapter in my book <laughs> <laughs> to my world tours. I did um, uh, from the royal. I was at the royal court in all the second half of the sixties. Really, that was my main my main time. And uh, we went. We did a tour to um, sort of some Iron Curtain countries. Actually, we oh. went to. Um, uh, Belgrade, uh, Venice in the middle of it, which was very odd, um, Prague, uh, Warsaw, Lublin, those places, you know. So that was lovely. Uh, we went to Zurich from the Royal Court. Do, we took Sergeant Musgrave's dance there. That was uh, that was sort of uh, memorable for the wonderful German. The, the stage staff because our um, our set didn't arrive until just before, really literally almost just before we we had to go up, and uh, their uh, their lighting man sat beside our lighting man Andy, and uh, sort of they he he gave them the cues as we go through, and the stage staff were absolutely brilliant. I mean they got it up, they changed, you could just tell them anything and they do it and I thought this would never happen in England. They were very efficient in Missouri. Very good. Yeah. And then Canada I went because uh, well it was mostly Irene Worth who she she wanted me to go and play Taya with her. She used to come to the court and see me and she she used to <laughs> she was always very lavish about it and I must at the time when we were lined up in Canada to meet the Governor General, you know, the line she was at the head and I was beside her. She did a, sank into a great curtsy, you see. And I thought, <laughs> so I just not. And then she turned to me and said, and this is our beloved Gillian Martel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, she was lovely.
exactly. But well, and this is it, yeah, you're playing Ted to her head of Garber, so she had to yeah. pull your hair every night and, uh, and, and bully you. But it's a, it's a good, good part. <laughs> yeah. Great, good, great play. Yes. Well, I did, I mean, it was Chris Hampton's version, which I think is very, very good. And then uh, later on, actually, about the last thing I, I did properly was um, I was rehearsing at the National, then playing Aunt, Aunt Julie to um, Juliet Stevenson's uh, header. And uh, that's when I suddenly had to bow out, because I suddenly found <laughs> I'd got ovarian cancer quite, uh, so quite unsuspected and rather advanced. And, you never, and so you never finished the job? Nope. No, no. Oh, my dearest friend Biddy Turner took over my part. Oh. <laughs> who, listeners, is married to Frank Cox, who directed The Sensorites and the Edge of Destruction, <laughs> and she herself is in the Doctor episode Gridlock. There. Yes. And also played my mother-in-law to be in an episode of A&E once. Absolutely. But she won't remember me. <laughs> in uh, Gridlock, she was sitting in a car with my other best friend, Georgine Anderson. <laughs> well, there we are. It's a small universe, this Doctor Who one that we inhabit. Ah, how funny. Yes. In terms of of small universe, because you you didn't... I don't quite know how in your long career you've not managed to do Doctor Who, um, but you did canine, but you seem to have knocked a few of them off off the list in terms of you did The Hand of the Baskervilles with Tom Baker. I did. Well, I I, I met Tom first when he'd just come out of the monastery, and we did a play. Just when this one, my son, Nick, (laughs) had just been born, uh, he was uh, seven weeks old when we started rehearsing, and we did a play at the Hampstead Theatre. And Tom was in it, and Trevor Peacock. Just, ah. just the three of us. Oh, what a company! <laughs> it was gorgeous. <laughs> it really was lovely. And uh, <laughs> my my husband, who was uh, he was a, a graphic designer and illustrator, and so it, we lived quite near. We, we lived in Swift Cottage, just up the road. So he used to wheel my son down for me to feed. <laughs> and, and Trevor Ke- Peacock always insisted on coming and watching because he said he thought women when they just had babies were the loveliest things in the world. <laughs> and poor old Tom wasn't, you know, he was just out of the mon- monastery yeah. and he said there were just two dressing rooms in that old Hampstead theatre, one for women and one for men. But Trevor used to sort of come in because he used to love watching me feed the baby. Was it not quite disconcerting being watched by an actor? Not by Trevor. Not by Trevor. Somehow there's something about Trevor which is not not at all salacious. It was totally... You felt he was actually appreciating your maternal quality. (laughs) I love Trevor. So you worked with Tom when he just started. Yes. But then when you came to work with him in Sherlock Holmes, he'd done Doctor Who, through which he had changed and he would admit that now himself so yeah. was, was that Tom a different Tom when he was doing Sherlock? Oh yes, Sherlock? Yeah, he was much more uh, sure of himself of course in every way and Terry Rigby was his Dr Watson and uh, <laughs> I knew Terry too quite well so that uh, it, w- it was very it was very enjoyable but um, I don't know whether it was perhaps his finest role I don't know, he, I think he would play it well but uh, he didn't look, you know, it, there is that lean and hungry look you always expect uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes to yeah. have. And, and Tom was quite, uh, quite what he wants, well fed at that point. It wasn't a judge to success, I seem to recall. No, I don't, think, I don't think it, it was, no. Just saying, because you were the, 
the uh, the, the the partner of, uh, of the wonderful Morris Perry. Yes. Uh, oh yes. Yes. Uh, and, and was didn't Barry Barry Letts would Barry have given you the part in that? Quite he possible. It? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, you clever. You see, I don't remember these things, but I think you're right. Well, we have a we have a switch in our yeah. heads. We don't do that. And then you yeah. uh, encountered Peter Davison, another Doctor on Campion. I did, yes. And yes. and he, I mean, he's. I often think he's underrated as an actor because he's got those very almost bland looks. So people just see him as a sort of leading man. But he's actually a very versatile he character, isn't he? Is a isn't he? very, very good actor. Yeah. I think yes, I really do. And uh, and a lovely man, yes. Yeah. Well, Nick's been brilliant because he's 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 done a list <laughs> of because sometimes when I do these interviews we sort of stumble upon common threads as we just did with Bridget Turner by accident. Yes. Um, but but Nick's been very helpful. He's the one eating hummus in the background, everybody. Um, so we've got we, oh yes, Maureen O'Brien uh, was was in in Stratford with you, wasn't she? But yes, in a different yes, show. different shows. And but it, she was lovely. She my husband came with me to uh, to Stratford. They paid for it. For him to come, you know, it's fair and everything, and wow. he loved fish, fishing, so that's what he did most of the time. But he wrote little plays at that time, and it was so like Maureen to try and... To, she said, oh, we've got to do one, got to put it on. And she sort of cast it and directed it and, and oh, did brilliant. it for, you know, a little experimental sort of thing, you know, the, the sort of thing that goes on when you're doing, um, doing a whole season, Yeah, small plays get done and everything. It's very like her to do that. She's a lovely person. And you say you prefer theatre to television. Is that is that the actual the art of performing it, or is it because with theatre you get all that other side of it, the touring and the company and that? I think it's because of the audience, really. I I do, I do like an audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I love comedy, and they're an ingredient in comedy. You know. Yeah, and um, you, you feed off them, don't you? Yeah. They, yeah. they dictate rhythm and pace, which yeah. with television is, is very different. Yes. I mean, uh, television I found in the beginning, I mean, it's different now, of course, it's, it's, and a lot of it is all filmed now, but it, 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 in the beginning I found it neither one thing nor the other, and having to s sort of be slightly closer to people, which you did, and then, than you would. And I liked filming. That was quite different. I could, I, I could, I could see uh, the camera could be an audience for me. I could do. It was a focus. It was a thing that was there. Didn't respond like an audience, but it was something I was doing it for. In television, it felt just scattered. That was early television. You know, it's because with filming, there's just the one camera, whereas with television, yeah. it's multiple coverage, yeah, and you were. don't know what they're using. No, you, no, and you don't really know quite. <laughs> you go through. You have a very sort of vague camera rehearsal, but you don't really remember exactly, and they sometimes surprise you. The <laughs> <laughs> Are you comfortable watching yourself? Um, am I comfortable? Uh, Nick isn't because he 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 goes behind the sofa if he sees me on. <laughs> so I was a I was a horror film in myself. No, um, I don't mind, uh, but I, it's not. Um, it's not ever what you hoped it was. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yes, well, I suppose I should um, get some sort of sympathy out in, in sense, in the sense that yes, you are an actress, you ha you have a son, but your your son is a Doctor Who fan, and being one myself, I, I suspect. I mean, it's is it something you've ever got your head around the the level of um, the extreme of 
to which Doctor Who fans actually enjoy the, the show. Oh, yes. I mean, he isn't the only one. <laughs> my, um, <laughs> my daughter's uh, uh, brother-in-law is, is an absolute geek, because, I mean, he knows everything. It's a shame you can't meet him this weekend. He's away <laughs> at, a, at a fest, but um, he's, a, he's just the same, so I, <laughs> I know them. And Nick was a, an obsessive person, <laughs> um, an obsessive collector, mm. really, of things from when he was born. I mean, we had to have every Mr. Man book, you know. <laughs> yes, I wonder what came first, whether it's the obsessive collecting gene or the fact that Doctor Who comes with such a long history that it's tailor-made for people yes. that want to remember lots of things and tie them all together yes. and collect things. Yes, <laughs> So you had the house full of books and That's all right. that stuff, yes. yes. Well, on behalf of the, the world of Doctor Who, I can only apologise and sympathise. That's OK. I've, I've done it myself. <laughs> That's OK, he always he was like the fact that uh, he you know he knew he'd been there with with uh, Tom Baker when when just after he was born in the, in that dressing room yeah and that when I met Tom you know in a lift or something he'd say how's Nicholas Toby he'd oh, always say he always say that <laughs> that's his name yes because Nicholas is lucky enough to have Toby as a middle name yes that's true. <laughs> Um, uh, oh, an another name on Nick's list is a, a lovely actor, uh, Terry Scully. Yes. Who, who sadly found, I think, found it difficult. Yes, yes, he did always. I was, I was at Nottingham with him. He was an ASM at the time, and at that time with Val May <gasps> directing, they were nearly killed, all the, uh, the ASMs, I think. The, it was the old Nottingham Playhouse, which was really tiny and it we had this awful boiler down on the, the dressing rooms under the stage and a boiler room right at the end and it the fumes came out of it and uh, Terry had ulcers wasn't good for people like that and Peter Gill was another you know the director mm -hmm. yeah. he 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 he, um, he directed header in Can in Canada actually he 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 also had ulcers <laughs> it was it was, and they were, they were kept. They did terribly difficult sets with big changes. Wojtek was the was the designer, very good, but they had to. They were always doing parts in it, several parts, and they had to do all these changes, and terribly difficult because was it no room on one side of the stage at all, just enough to walk behind a, a flat, and the and then an iron staircase there on which reputedly somebody had once been electrocuted. The other side of the stage, there was just room for the, you know, to get the flats in because the, the screen dock was through from it. But it was, uh, I mean, it really was, they worked and worked and worked and they were, <laughs> their, uh, you know, the, the, the rehearsals, the technical rehearsals went right on until they, they dropped, I mean, Julia McCarthy, she was another one who sort of died early. I always thought <laughs> that it was Val <laughs> um, Graham Crowden, the incomparable Graham Crowden. Incomparable, yes. yes. He's terrific. He yes. He was. He came to, uh, actually, he used to live in Flittick, just near here. Uh -huh. uh, next one on the line. Um, he, uh, he came to Coventry to direct. Um, and he, he did. Uh, he did two plays, one sort of where I was playing a child lady or something, and the other, the next one, a Shakespeare, the way you do. Yeah. You know? 
and uh, <laughs> that's when I got to know him. And then, of course, Steph Cole is my other best friend. So, um, you know, when she so when they Wait started doing when yeah. they did waiting, for, I did do one episode of that with them. But um, and really, he and Steph brilliant together. I think. Yeah. 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 He got a wonderful. He tells a story. He told, told a story. I heard you very proud of saying that. Um, he said, "I'm a bit over the top in this." He said, "But, uh, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit hammy." He said, "But uh, I bumped into him at Pestbridge once." He said, "Graham, you're always a ham, but you're always perfectly cooked," <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Oh, so do I. There's, there's another good actor, Edward Pestbridge. Edward, yeah, yeah. He is the Peter Whimsey par excellence, and, yeah. I, and I don't think nobody else should ever play it. Yeah. Uh, who, are the, who are the best directors you work with on stage then? On stage, you oh, so difficult. I don't know. Well, on television, I noticed you've worked with David Giles on television. Well, David Giles I knew from Rada, and he always gets me to do... If he sees a little uh, role that somebody's got to be made up and look absolutely dreadful, <laughs> he, he, he gets me along. Why? I don't know. It's just, it, it, so that he can laugh when <laughs> I get there. He's always done that. <laughs> yes, him and um, Donald McGuinney was lovely to work with, too, on those. Um, but I mean, in theatre, a lot of it was uh, was the Royal Court. I got went to the Royal Court because of Jane Howell, and she was a very good director. She was a Coventry, um, and that's all the ones that uh, you know. Bill himself, Bill Gaskell, too. Um, all, all, everybody there, I enjoyed that. Peter Gill, marvellous to work with. Well, I've exceeded my time. I've noticed Sorry. already. No, it's uh, Sorry. flying by. It's, it's, you're too interesting. Um, but I, I, I'm still. So the, we can't. The last one we've mentioned Richard Bryars. Uh, so the last one on Nick's list. So I don't want to let him down. Is Brian Croucher? Oh, Croucher, yes. He's good fun. Well, he was Royal Court. Right. We went, I mean, he was on that tour when we went to all around the um, the Iron Curtain countries. And actually, he was very, very lovely to me because, you know, well, they they were a lot of young lads that used to, and they used to go out and sort of do things but we all had to be terribly careful we had such um, lectures from the foreign office and things before we went you know about how to behave and what to do so they got up to quiet mischief without <laughs> but he, he he really looked and um, I was uh, abandoned by Nigel Hawthorne my dear Nigel Hawthorne who is Nick's godfather and he um, he found somebody quite interesting there, and they, he went, <laughs> I, I, we'd been out to a sort of, had we gone to a meal? I think we had or something. And he found somebody interesting and couldn't take me home. And, and Croucher did. He, he immediately would not, not abandon, you know, you're one of ours, you're, you're, you're a girl and you're, you need looking after, sort of thing. And that's the kind of person he is. Good for Brian, good yeah. for Brian. I've tried to uh, arrange a meet with him, but he's in yeah. Devon, but uh, it will happen because yeah. he's a bit of a legend, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's great. Uh, he really is. Yeah. Um, well, and what would you have done, do you think, if you hadn't acted, if it hadn't worked out? Cause, I can't imagine. You no. Know? Honestly. I, it, it, although, you know, I, I've had to stop. And I did, I did a bit, you know, after I had various operations and a lot of chemotherapy and a lot of everything. And when it finally sort of seemed to be here I was, still here, um, I, had, uh, I had, I couldn't sort of do it anymore. And I've sort of got a different life here. We've got the most marvellous place here for um, 
you know, ad- adult education. It's it's it totally Bedford. It's not any of the uh, the other places, you know. And it um, we run it. We pay for it. We and I've uh, I've started learning things because I spent most of my life in the theatre and not seeing things much. I, I didn't know how the rest of the country worked, really. I didn't know anything about politics or, or ordinary people, really. And I've had a lovely time finding out all about that. So you're playing catch-up? Yes. Having been in the world of fantasy? Yes. <laughs> I, I, reality is exactly what I... And it's, it's I quite like that, too. But, of course, the minute you come here and talk about all these people, you can see me, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that most of the time. I? I'm just this awful... You know, sad person who drips around Bedford. I mean, who would? <laughs> well, it's an, it's, it's an absolute thrill to, to talk to you and to, 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 for you to be kind enough to, to share your memories, um, which you have done for free, so I'm going to ask you to nominate a charity for the listeners to uh, donate to. Well, with me it has to be the Macmillan Nurses. They did so much for me. And... Um, even though you've never been in Doctor Who, this this is an offshoot of uh, Doctor Who podcasting. Doctor Who is 50 years old this year. It oh, started the day after the assassination of Kennedy. Uh, so what's your message out there to the Doctor Who fans out there? Oh, well, I love you all because, you know, I've lived with one all his life. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're lovely. I, 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 they should go on that. Well, brilliant. Well, thank you for your time and for your hospitality. It's always nice to be invited to someone's home. Uh, and thank you for allowing a, a, a geek bearing scant gifts in to talk to you for half an hour. Julie Martel, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Brilliant. That was great. I hope it was okay for you. All the judges is good. That flew by. I looked at, I looked at the thing. It's in 28 minutes. I Thanks to Gillian and to her son, Nick Cockshot, who is one of us and who got in touch, facilitated the interview, prepped his mum and occasionally, I think, can be heard giggling in the background there. Thanks, Nick. Uh, really good of you. Gillian's uh, charity is um, Macmillan Nurses, which is one that's benefited from this podcast before, but it's worth saying again, macmillan.org.uk. It's macmillan, M-A-C, macmillan.org.uk. The next interviewee on Who's Round is somebody mentioned in this podcast. There's a sort of tag thing going on with this run. Uh, So tune in, TV legend. There's wine involved. I think it's quite a fun one. Until next time, bye-bye. Have you ever knocked anybody out? Yes, I have, yeah. For, for overacting? Yeah. No, I mean, not over... You yeah. weren't overacting, I mean... No, 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 I have. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The English way of death. <laughs> <laughs> Your tales are marvellous, but I wonder how much seasoning you add to the pot. Uh, Harriet, the tale is in the telling. Is anything wrong? Uh, just the hero fussing, I expect. I'll turn it off. What the place is? Is that that closed chair? Sir, the, the, the noise hurts. Stay down, man. What was that? Nothing important. According to these readings, that's a transmission on a spatio-temporal frequency. 
rather distinctive, especially if he wears that hat. There you are, Percy, naughty boy. No, this is against the rules, Harriet. I'll have to destroy it. One fiddling, flying box. June 1930, southern England. Minor tremor noted at 1747 hours today. It must have been caused by somebody or something alien to this time continuum. What the hell? You... You're coming with me. Keep back. I don't want to have to kill you. Well, then, don't. You have completed your examination. But you can't be serious. You can't want it to actually destroy the world. Big finish. We love stories. <laughs> 